This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Welcome to Lost in America, episode 155. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Instagram. This show is on Instagram. Yes, it is. Do you want me to tell people where it is? I want you to do that every single week. Lost in America pod. We're almost at 200 followers. Come on, people. Let's Ooh, get it going. Good update. <laughs> Come what are we at? Us. 191? Like 186 or something? I don't All know. Right, we can get that up. We can get it up. We went up like from 10 one week, so we can do it. Oh, good. All right. Well, so it's working. It's the announcements working. are working. The announcements are working. Fantastic. On the show today, we have stand-up comedian Dan Frigolette. I don't wow. know if it's Frigolette. It's pretty sure it's Frigolette. First question. What's your name? Dan Frigolette. He's, uh, I've known him for a long time uh, doing stand-up around New York, but he's, uh, I don't know, I think he's from right around here because he runs the Hoboken Comedy Festival. The world-famous Hoboken Comedy Festival. Yes, but we're talking to him today about he tours South Africa regularly as a stand-up comedian. Pretty random. Yeah, and I'm not sure where... I I think he might go a couple other places in the world, but I think South Africa is like the most specific. That's where he's a legend. He's a legend. He's bigger than Trevor Noah. <laughs> bigger than Nelson Mandela. He's bigger than Lions. <laughs> bigger than Lions? <laughs> in All South right. Africa. Right. And Nelson Mandela. And uh, the island. Where was Nelson Mandela? Paris Island. Pa- that's not Paris Island, is it? That's the, fr- that's the prison where Nelson Mandela oh, yeah. was kept. Okay. Am I right? Producer Matt. He's looking it up. Look Paris up. Island. I thought that was a Vietnam thing. <laughs> I don't think we sent prisoners to South Africa. <laughs> no, that would have been that would have been uh, a little expensive. I think we just no. They went. They vacation. How was that right? It was Robben Island. Robben Island. Close well, enough. Isn't Paris Island where they train the Marines? Yeah, it's like a. It's like I, a think, like I think that sounds like North Carolina. They train the Marines there. Oh, that's Robben Island. You didn't know it. Well, you know why I only said Paris Island? I knew it was a. It was. I knew it wasn't he, South Africa. He, he was on the right path. I'm like, I thought you were wrong from the beginning, but I didn't want to call you out before I was. You thought certain. I was wrong? Oh yeah, I thought you were wrong from the beginning. I, ran, I mean, I was closer than him. He never even heard of it. I ran to my old buddy Harvey Keitel the other day. Oh, wow. He what was you telling name? me about. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What does this have to do with anything? <laughs> he was telling me about. I name dropped a mutual friend, someone he knew, and he started telling me a whole story about how he trained with this guy's dad in Paris Island once. So I was like, that's. So that's the only reason I knew it. I'm not so smart. I know, right. I know from a Billy Joel song at one point. Oh, and yeah, and it's a Billy Joel song. Right, exactly. So. Well, we're going to find all about Paris Island from him. <laughs> Robin Island. Robin Island. Live from Robin Island Netflix special. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but before all that, Kaplan, I don't know, we got soccer season coming oh, up? Oh, yeah. I want, it, well, I, mean, I wanted to give everyone an update because I get a lot of questions about the soccer team. On the streets. They're on the streets. Uh, that year, this year, I'm coaching once again, and we are uh, sitting right now at zero wins still. And it's getting a little dicey. We have about three games left, and Teddy has issued an ultimatum. You know what it is? What? We don't win a game this year. He's quitting for a year. He's taking a year off to practice. That is not the <laughs> attitude. He's you taking... Don't, wait, but he's... So does... <laughs> but if you're a player on the team... Yeah. You might have something to do with the winning or the losing. I think he's taking it personal that he's lost, that he's been on multiple teams that haven't won games. So you know, we ran into. So he's saying he he's, oh, he's gonna, taking you have he, to practice. He's saying he's got to have to practice more. He needs ah, to just quit. Okay, so he's more saying like I might not be as good at this as I think. Like, yeah, I want to be. Yeah, like the, we ran into his coach from last season after our game last week after we got our butts kicked, and the guy was very complimentary to Teddy. And Teddy said, "It doesn't matter. The team lost. He's very emotional." So this oh, good. week, oh good, we we had a player uh, who was injured all year. I mentioned this earlier, our best player, and he was back last week. And I was like, we're going to win this game. We're going to do it. We're Teddy's. And he came right out of the gates. He's scoring goals. He had a hat trick in the first quarter. We're up 5 2. Whoa. We got so confident that our, our head coach, Coach Fine, shout out, who's a former comedian, I found out recently. Oh, yeah. Bernie Fine. What's his name? <laughs> Bernie Fine. What's his name? That's uh, not where you want to go. Don't Google Bernie Fine, Coach. Coach Bernie Fine. <laughs> he's, 
This is Coach Daniel any, Fine. Any relation? No, well, I don't know, actually. But okay. uh, he did the right thing, the honorable thing. He took uh, our best player out for the third quarter, and it was a real meltdown. Why? Because uh, you're supposed to play all the t- kids equally. And but you never, have, you haven't won a game in five years or however Right, long. but also the other thing, the, other, the, the kid's mom said to us, oh, he's not supposed to play yet. The doctor said he could practice, but he shouldn't play in games yet. He hasn't been cleared for Because he hasn't been cleared, but he really wanted to play. So basically we're under orders to keep him from like crashing anything. What's wrong with this kid? So he's ru- the kid plays hard. He's running around. He's falling left and right. I felt like uh, you know, like Joel Embiid, how you're trying to like, load manage. I'm like, we need to get to the playoffs, kid. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to like, no, 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 be careful, be careful. Like we, but now I'm thinking, like, I don't want to say I would injure another uh, child for my own kid, but I don't want to quit soccer. So I'm in a bind. Like, if I have to head coach a team, if head coach coach Bernie Fine can't make it. <laughs> Do I? I'm going to play him the full game. I'm playing him the full 90. Of course. Because we got to win that game. We, we need to win. The metal. We learned our lesson last week. We took the pedal off the metal. Teddy wasn't in that quarter either, so maybe it was actually Teddy is the reason we gave up the lead. But that, well, I don't want to point fingers, but Teddy, is this his third season or second season? It's like his fifth season, I think. Because right? they do two seasons a year, spring and fall. And in all five of those seasons, he's literally never won a game? No, he's won games in the two seasons I wasn't one of the coaches. <laughs> oh, so it's your fault. It's really my fault. Well, why don't you just, instead resign. of him quitting, you quit. I tried to That's quit. That's a I selfish move by you. You decide, I'll keep coaching and make my son quit? Yeah, and I'm not, this, I've really been, you know, this was the first game where I really tried to be active in coaching because I thought we were going to win. We we're up 5 2. The second half, I was given like a pep talk to everyone. So you only coach and when my, you're already winning? And my, my bandwagon coaching really goes the opposite way because they the just like, it, the third quarter was like we got run out of the huddle. Like the other team came out all fired up. We can't lose to this kid, this team that never wins. They just blitzed us with. So we're going to, we have practice tonight. You know what we're going to work on? What? I'm going in there. I'm like, screw all the fundamentals. This is the basic thing with seven year old soccer. <laughs> Apparently, they don't know fundamentals no. anyway. This is some tricks. It's all about throw-ins and goal kicks. Because okay. our team, we every time we do a goal kick, we just kick it like centered, and these other kids just steal it, and you're right in front of the goal. It's actually, and same, yeah. and same when we throw the ball in, we throw the ball in like into the center of the field, and then they steal it and go down the other way and score. I'm just gonna say throw the ball out of bounds. Just throw it down the sidelines. If it goes out of bounds, don't worry about. It. They get the ball back because these teams aren't. Nobody can build a drive or anything. You just can't give them the ball right in front of the goal. That's the key. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, but you get you throw in in front of their. You, wait, when you, you guys, do a goal kick, you're doing it in front of your own goal, and theoretically, you boot it really far or you pass it to an open teammate, and they go with it. Yeah, but our kids, they just kick the ball kind of like gingerly into the center of the field, and the other team runs their best player and steals it, and they just score immediately. Wait, but the fundamentals of soccer is you never kick a goal kick to the center of the field. I try to explain so that. So just kick get, it to either side. If you try oh, to so basically, we're if you try to thing. tell the kids where to kick it, they just freeze. They can't decide. So I'm just going to tell them boot it out of bounds. That's a better. good idea. That's and the throw-ins, they throw it. I don't understand how they throw it in. Well, these other teams goal. cheat and they like throw it really far and they don't do it the right way. It's not cheating. You're allowed to throw it in as far well, as you want. But they're like not keeping their feet in the ground. And our kids are. Oh, fun. okay. So I'm just gonna tell me you throw it down the sidelines the other direction or just throw it out of bounds, give the other team the ball back. I don't want it in the center. I don't even of the field. understand this part. But do you understand if you throw the ball into the field and then the other team just steals it, they run basically to the goal and you're of no. Team. You can play defense. Well, that's that's real coaching. <laughs> I can't get it. That's next week's lesson. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I anyway. suggest you quit. All right. And so the team can start winning some games. All right. That's that's the settler. Let's uh, get to Lost in America. Wait, wait, wait. No, we have to. We have a uh, Patreon. All right. Let's not forget them. Yeah. If you guys want to hear an extra episode of this podcast every single week, speaking of them, that means us. We have every Thursday we put a wrap up show out about this. Uh, after this podcast, you get a half an hour of just me and Kaplan. Sometimes we let producer. Matt talk. Sometimes we have surprise guests we just throw in. He's there. on his best <laughs> behavior. <laughs> He's on. He gets to talk a little bit. So go to lostinamericapod.com, click the Patreon banner. It'll take you there. It's uh, for five bucks a month. You get an extra episode a week. Pretty good deal. Pretty, pretty great deal. I pretty say. great deal. All right, let's get to Lost in America. Play the music. Kaplan, I this is an old school 
being lost in America. This is like, you know, three years ago when we started this podcast, I had all these real things. Like, right. I didn't know how to use a dishwasher because I hadn't used one in 12 years. I didn't know. A million, there's a million, I didn't know how to go to the bank and get a credit card. I didn't know how to stand in line at rank. the bank. I was in wrong lines. You Everyone was yelling at me. Yeah. This now, is like when a band plays a single, comes back to the roots. You're coming back to your roots today? I'm going back From, to my roots yeah. today because this is a genuine thing that I probably should have figured out. I don't know, 20 years ago, <laughs> at minimum three years ago, and I figured out last week. What's so here's what happened. I was, uh, the last, I'll, I'll tell as quick as I can, but the last year or so, I've been going, I have this like United Mileage Plus credit card, right? And that's supposed to mean you get a free bag check every time you go to the airport. On United. On United, right? So I realized that, I realized like two weeks ago that I've been going, I've been using, I've used United like four or five times over the past year, and they've never been giving me this, they keep charging me for the bag. I see it on my credit card statement when I go back through it, but it never totally clicked. So I called them last week and I was like, hey, I looked up how many times. It was four times in 2019. Like so I called them and I was like, hey, I want my 120 bucks back. 120 bucks. All right. right. So I'm like, I want my money back. You guys have been charging me. I have this credit card. And the guy's like, oh yeah, sorry about that. No problem. Let me look it up. He looks it up. He goes, give me your mileage plus number, which is like your number attached right. to the car. Frequent flyer number. Frequent flyer number. He's like, give me the number. So I give him the number and he's like, oh, that's interesting. This number, you have an account, but it's not attached to a credit card. Are you sure you have a United uh, mileage plus credit card? I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's like, oh, I don't think so. Well, this card is not attached to a number. The card that was attached to the number went away in 2000. 2013. So this, the, your card, your number hasn't been attached to a card since 2013. But the credit card has the number on it. Yeah, I didn't. Even, I didn't know that. Oh, so he's like, but but my number was real, you know. And so I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know your number. I mean, it's a real United Miles Plus. You sure you don't have another number? I'm like, I don't think I have another number. I know, I know of no other number I would have. He's like, well, get out your credit card, turn it over, look at the number on the bottom of the bag. Oh, that's what he goes, did. what does that say? And I'm like, oh. oh. So you're reading a number that you just had in your. It was from some old credit card that I discontinued like seven years ago. Oh my god! But you're... they didn't. They, they didn't discontinue the number. They just discontinued the credit card. You okay. know what I'm saying? Right. So that means that I've been manually giving them this number for the past seven years every time I fly. So there has been miles accruing, but every time I swipe it to buy things, it's not. It's going to a different uh, account that oh, I didn't know existed. Goodness. Yeah. So he's like, read me that number that's on the back of your card. So I read him that number. He's like, all right, let me look it up real quick. So he looks it up. He goes. All right, so you have this is attached to your credit card. You should have been giving them this number for the past year. That's how you would have got all that those free uh, bags. Plus, you have two hundred wait two hundred sixty three thousand miles. Holy crap! Built up on that credit card because you've been swiping it since two thousand thirteen. You've never once used it. Do you never? Do you have an account online where you look at check your miles and look to use them? Yeah, but I've been looking at the wrong one. Oh, I've been looking at this one that was discontinued in two thousand thirteen. So you never noticed that you're not getting new miles? No, <laughs> I didn't know how that part worked. That's what I'm saying. This is an old school lost in America. I literally didn't you're know. Not even listening to Americans, the world lost just, in the world. I just believe. I was like, well, I don't know. I, I know that it's in theory. Every time I use it, I'm right. supposed God to get miles. Miles, I never. But I, would, I checked it never. like once every. Like twice a year, not enough to really keep tabs on if I was actually getting miles or not, you know. So now I have two hundred thousand, two hundred sixty-three thousand. Yeah, I mean, every miles. time you fly to China, that's a lot of miles. Not only that, but they linked it with the old out-of-date one, so now it was like it's like up to two seventy now. So where should I where should I go? You go anywhere, go around the world. I can go around seventy thousand miles. Like, so my wife, yay, and I can go anywhere. I think she wants to go to England to go back to London to and then go to Leeds where she went to college. Uh, to get homecoming, but literally, I think I looked it up. That's we can each go for fifty thousand miles to England and back. If you so, get that's a hundred k. Yeah, I mean, I just looked up random dates. So yeah. then we still have an, We can do that twice. You that twice. You can go to. Uh, well, how much is China? Did you look up? Or no? I don't know. We'll probably do that. Yeah, there you go. So you can. So yeah, we should. Why well, I mean, we listeners should contribute? Patreon. You should let the Patreon people decide where you're going to go. Our Patreon listeners now, write in. They have our email address. They have the super secret email address yeah. that only they have access to. So write in where we should go. Speaking of Patreon, Kaplan, we have... So also our, pa our Patreon listeners can, sub can send us news uh, uh, stories through, our, through the direct email. And they can send us any hate mail, any corrections, any lies. We have lies. We were telling oh. lies, apparently, a couple weeks ago on the podcast. We have a correction from one of our listeners. Oh, let's... Should we play the lies music? Play the lies music. <laughs> Producer Matt, play the music. Lies, 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 l
right, we're back. Kaplan, remember the New Mexico, the episode where I, I went to New Mexico for a week and I was an expert on fracking A real in New expert. I, I believe you as an expert. I can't believe you might have made some errors. I believe me too. <laughs> so anyway, this is from Gary Sparks, <laughs> okay. who's a Patreon subscriber and a... Uh, Dad. And my dad, and the, he's he counted from, in the pod, and he's also from Carlsbad, New Mexico. He's from the the Delaware Basin, a basin boy they call it, where all the gold, the uh, oil is being discovered right now. So he says the frackers actually drill down. Oh, so this is explaining fracking. It was it's hard to explain yeah. what it actually means. No one knows what it means. That's why you decided to explain to everyone, and you explained it wrong, apparently. The fr- exactly. I tried. <laughs> I tried. Anyways, the frackers actually, he says, drill down as much as a mile into the earth. Okay. A mile straight down. And then they can go over two miles, five miles, ten miles. He says two miles, but I actually know it's more than that. They can go as far as far as they want and drill horizontally. So if oh. they find it a mile underneath your your house, they can be like ten miles out in the desert and still get under your they earth. Can just dig a hole to China, literally. Like yeah, you, say, you can make going. money. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of oil between <laughs> here and China. And uh, uh, any, anyway, uh, so anyway, it can go a mile down, two, ten miles over, whatever. He said, like you, I'm not sure what the water's used for. Oh, because everyone's selling water now. Yeah. Somehow they need water. He doesn't know what the water's used for. But he said, finally, it is true. Stay away from the Buffalo Wild Wings in Carlsbad, New Mexico. It's a dangerous place. Has Gary Sparks been there? Was he knifed there? I think he's been knifed, yes, at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Carlsbad. So stay away from that. We got we got a correction, another correction coming you, you in. You don't know what the water does in fracking? No, uh, do you? Yeah, it's like you're it's literally doing the fracking. So the the whole point of fracking is you're trying to you have oil or gas down there that is uh, in, inside of a porous rock. Yes. But the problem is it has low permeability, so it can't flow throughout those pores. So you're trying it's fracturing literally fracturing the all these little pockets in the rock so that it can actually flow and get to the well. So what you're doing you're pumping down this water at 15,000 PSI, literally enough to cut a car in half. Like, you'll cut anything in half. Uh, so it's just, uh, so you're injecting water at high pressure to do, to do this. Uh, then the, the other chemicals are you're putting sand in the suspension as well. Yeah. So the sand is there to prop up the cracks you create. And so it, uh, keep, so it can actually create the holes, the openings open, so the ground doesn't just collapse in on, on itself. But then why you have stuff like sulfuric acid and all these other chemicals is because it's kind of difficult to keep the sand so sand in suspension, so it's all about just keeping it in the right balance. That's literally how fracking works. That's why we need producer Matt, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a totally different pod when we do a solo pod. It really is. And the ladies, by the way, ladies. This is why he's the number one bachelor on the Upper West Side. Yes, most eligible bachelor. He can make, on the that UWS. was some great mansplaining there. That, that was, was fantastic. fantastic. And listen, oh, we also don't know if that's true, yeah. but we believed it. I believe. Was that mansplaining? <laughs> he said it with authority. authority. Nah, no, he's PSIs, just, all that stuff. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Who needs them? So that's if you want to correct things, guys, you got to use Patreon. We are not accepting corrections from people who are. Or freeloaders. Not for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better pay. All right, that's it. Dan's here. Should we bring Dan in? Bring him in. All right, we're back with our guest, Dan Frigolette. Hey. Welcome to the show. But wait, before we... Uh, wait, Matt, well, you had one last thing to say about sand. Please. Let's go. So people don't realize we have a major shortage of sand in this world. It's the most. <laughs> Explain that. That's <laughs> peak producer mad talk. So like, there, there's only certain types of sand we can use because you need, <laughs> it needs to be the right texture. It needs to be the right shape. So un- underwater sand isn't good because it's just too smooth. Uh, a lot of desert sand is useless, and sand is the most used, the most common construction material in in the world. So, so fracking sand is it's bad for I know that it all they were telling me this. You can tell me if I'm wrong. They said it all comes from it has to come from like the beach in Michigan specifically. Oh yeah. Michigan it's, sand? Yeah, and so everyone in Michigan is making money hand over selling fist. Dirt? They're selling dirt to New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico's selling water to like Halliburton and Halliburton's slamming the water into the <laughs> ground and making gajillions. Everybody's making money hand over fist. And the Buffalo Wild Wings is making a lot of money too. And everyone's getting nice investing <laughs> trickle downing into the Buffalo <laughs> yeah. Wild Wings. And the Doctors make tons of money when the people come in sick from fracking chemicals. Ah, exactly. That doesn't happen. <laughs> we got a lot of listeners out there. Fracking so safe. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. What I, I couldn't. I came in when you guys were arguing over something with sports. Uh, so he's, just, a, sports. he's a little league soccer coach. Okay. His team hasn't won a game coach. in three years. Is that a thing? Little league soccer. Or what well, do you call youth it? Soccer. Youth yeah, soccer. Do you have kids? 
I have kids. Are uh, they on the team? My son is on the team. Okay, so I want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to clarify that right yeah, out of the gate. Me. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I talk to the kids as if I don't even, I've never seen a kid before. It's part of the problem with my coaching style. So What does that mean? Like, I don't know how to communicate with these kids. They, I can't get them to listen. I'm giving them drill. Last week, we, they sent us a guest coach. He's a guy who's a coach with the New York Football Club, a Scottish guy. Real authority figure. Crushed it, right? And he crushed it. I thought That's why I thought we'd win this week, too. He was giving them drills and clever stuff to say. How I, do you talk to kids that is not proper are you talking to kids like they're like they're too dumb or the, can like i answer smart? this kaplan yeah, kaplan validates the kids opinions too much okay Ka- this is if you're, you're like uh let's go outside if kids are like no i think it's gonna rain okay well, maybe it's gonna rain it's possible no i'm just saying there's a way to get i, I don't know teachers have it Co- real coaches have it authority, authority. Uh, credibility to, like, with strangers strange kids like i can get kids to listen to me but like to get a whole group of individually, we get a whole group of kids to like do a drill it's properly. It's really, it's ah, really okay. she, uh, shepherding. Yeah. It's tough. You might, you might not have the or... leadership skills that that that's, that that role uh, requires. No, I, this might be role. it. Well, this is going to be it because if my what we were talking about is my son said that if we don't win a game this year, we have three games left. He's quitting for a year. Okay. To practice. And if he quits, I can't in, coach. He's so. going into retirement. He's going to retirement. He's walking <laughs> he's, away. But he wins. Like, His Barry's... team wins every time Cap doesn't coach. Right. And then when Cap comes back out, what you needed you needed to be like they are who we thought they yeah. were. Hang it up. Do a big speech. Yeah. Well, he's like Andrew Luck. He's going to retire and walk the earth for a year or something and yeah your no, son yeah, no yeah my son he's uh, gonna retire young retire at seven yeah <laughs> so you gotta know when it's over when you know time to fold him. i i quit uh baseball i think when i was eight, like 10 fourth yeah. whatever you, fourth grade is yeah and, and it was fine my life turned out I think okay it is about 10 you never know you could right? have been a big leaguer pretty sure you i wouldn't have. have been i was scared of the ball yeah that's a problem <laughs> yeah Still. oh yeah if you're scared of the ball at 10 it's only gonna get worse once they start throwing it kind of fast I'm yeah like, ah, once it starts hurting I'm when you're like hit that's the going over contact. their head and you're like yeah. well hold on yeah hold yeah, on. yeah 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 hardest thing to do is hit a fastball so so dan what about, let's get to you yeah it's been a lot about What's us happening? so far yeah where, uh, do, you, where do you want to start i want to start with <laughs> south africa okay yeah, we heard you're the king of south africa yeah um i wouldn't i don't think yeah don't 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 advertise that don't get upset very very many uh, Kaplan's, uh, specific, the king's the wrong word exactly <laughs> Kaplan said bigger than mandela bigger than mandela i saw that in well special. to be fair i'm still alive so it go. helps it helps for to uh, to trend um <laughs> yeah okay well so yeah so what do you want what do you want to hear i don't know G- well, what's, give me so that. how did you start going to how did you how did, how did comedy initially take you to South Africa as I mean you know as a comedian we just want more opportunities and if we find out that there's like English speaking places you go oh cool I'm already re- I'm ready for that like yeah. I'm, I can already go there and make that work versus like you know I don't want to have to like go to some country and like like you know, like I was going to show in Costa Rica where most people speak Spanish, and they were like, "No, we can do an English show." And I was like, "It's going to be weird, though." So for South Africa, it was on my list always. On some, they actually speak English, uh, so let's do that. Let's start there as a as an international vibe. Um, so I did. It was really um, I got to South Africa not knowing how like alive their scene is. Like since I've been there. Like six comedians from South Africa have gotten their own Netflix specials. Oh wow! So it's like I got there right at the right time, got in with all the right people, and it was like it was like when things were the hottest. And it's starting to cool down a little bit because some of the clubs have switched hands and some stuff's going on, and the presidency has been like kind of like shady. So there's like a lot going on in media, but it was such a such a great uh, experience. So I went three times in eighteen months. When was that? This was beginning of 17, awesome. beginning of 18. I don't remember now. I think it was beginning of 18. Um, and then again in 18. And then once more, this, I went this year. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And was it that someone here came up to you after your show and was like, I'm a, I have a thing in South Africa. You no. should come do it. No, I literally. So the actual initial uh, catalyst was I had a friend who was going to do a, a program. And she was like, well, I'm going to be in South Africa for this, th- these days to these days. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then immediately I was like, hey, like, do you think you have a floor that I can sleep oh, on? Oh, cool. So I immediately was like, that, it's like you always just need one more thing. Like I knew that there's comedy in South Africa. I knew that I had a resume that maybe would translate if I started reaching out to people. So I was like, if I, could, if I can get like five shows, I'm good. And I ended up getting um, like 
35 shows. Whoa. Yeah. It was and, cool. And one trip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, I, got, I got so in tune with the people that are making it that, that it was, I was like a phone call away from every experience. They were literally like, hey, have you gone on this television show? And I was like, no. I, like, I got here, like, last week. And they're like, cool, hang on. And they just call the dude and be like, hey, you're having a lot on tomorrow. And they're like, I Whoa. Don't they're like, I don't know who that is, but yeah, sure. So I was, like, on TV in, like, the first, like, eight days I was in the country. It was great. Yeah, that's awesome. It was absolutely Wait, 35 shows. Yeah. Well, and then I, and then I went back. The next time I went back, I did like 50 shows. The next time I went back, I did another like 50, 60 shows. I mean, I, I also did not know that that was even possible. Yeah. Like most of the places I've been um, internationally, you can do like three or four shows in a week. Yeah. So South Africa, legitimately, there is there is an open mic every night. And then there's a paid show half of the nights. And like Johannesburg or yeah, Johannesburg okay. is the hub. And then there's Cape Town. Cape Town's cool. There's one big club there. And then there's some other like like paid stuff here and there. But um, and then there's Durban, Durban, which is which is a harder one because it's just it's it's just you, the market shrinks each time. And so Durban has a good scene like once once a month, and then the rest of the days is kind of like waiting around. They're just trying to figure out how to build this thing. So. I grew up with it from a kid from Durban. So nice. I, that's the only reason I was going to say Durban just to show off how much I know about South Africa. Yeah. Oh, really? Andrew Bayala from Allentown, yeah, PA. Shout out. Nice. Yeah, basically it's just th- it's just three cities. Like yeah, that's, that's the that's, that's the main crux of, of South Africa, and, and they're far. Okay, and uh, so when you get there, who were the people you got in with that then all of a sudden could get you everything? So the people that I really uh, need to shout out are like um, the Goliaths. These guys, uh, they they run a club in in South Africa, and and they run their own like. They've been running like rooms all over the country for years, and they all each of them on their own. It's it's three. It's 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 like four people. It's a, it's a brother and sister, and then a cousin, and then just a guy who had the same last name. Okay, which is hilarious. Coincidence. Um, yeah, and so then Goliath is the last name. Yeah, yeah, oh, and so they're all so they're all this this like this like whatever whatever a good word for a foursome is. Um, and they and foursome. they really control they really control the, a little bit of the scene. And so they, I got in with them. I got in with uh, Luisa Matinga, who got a, uh, a Netflix special. I got in with uh, with with my friend Gilly Apter, who was like a lot of these people that got into comedy in South Africa did a good job of doing production somewhere else. Either they were in advertising or like this and that. So everybody, like almost everybody, like ended up with a show. And those are the people. Like it's it's like it's like as if I'm trying to think of a good example. It's as if like. Um, everybody's I don't know who's a who's like a name that's on a show that's kind of making it here and it's like everybody's that level it's hard because our level is crazy like our level is like Jerry Seinfeld Amy Schumer and their level is like you know you could host like you know that guy Adam hosts that show like Adam ruins everything yeah everybody's on like an Adam ruins everything level and they're all there so they're all making a living doing stand-up or in comedy yeah well entertainment it's almost like yeah it's almost like they were yeah it's it it's better to have the other thing just like here yeah like you, you know, you'll get a couple bucks to do stand up, but the other thing is the thing. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, how you actually make a living, yeah. right? Well, and then they have these other guys who are like who are like in the vernacular scene because it's like it's like nine languages in South Africa, and so these guys that that are specific to a scene, they got they maybe they got big on YouTube or whatever, but it's like these guys are um, like speaking a language of a particular group of people, and they crush like out of control like crazy like youtube fan base type thing so i've heard about those this guy we had on for ruben paul uh okay. goes he's an la comic but he goes and does a show i think i think it's called blacks only okay that and sounds it's right. he's doing it in english yeah and he said like a couple of the people will do it in english and everybody does well and right. you just like destroy this is in south africa in south africa yeah but so then, it's probably zulu and espadi is the other language but then, and i've yeah, been on those like, shows then the local guys who do it in that language yeah. it's a whole nother level right Right. And uh, and then they, he's like, uh, well, yeah. It's just like it's just like here. It's just like if you get in, if, and I hate that we call it the urban scene, but if you get in the urban scene, the the crowd reaction is so much crazier. I mean, the the vibe of like what we what we tried to create with this like uh, live at the Apollo thing, where like you start talking, you get booed off, where people go nuts and they're like high fiving each other and, and like jumping through plate glass windows. That's the vibe that you feel when you play those types of scenes. Plate and glass it could, windows. We need to go for that vibe. <laughs> yeah. We need to be a podcast. We need to get our podcast to that level. <laughs> yeah. Where people are 
listening and just uh, just hawking <laughs> yeah, themselves yeah, out yeah, windows. Yes. That's the goal every week. I don't think as long as they pay five dollars and join our Patreon. Yeah, I don't think the medium is is capable of that. I don't think. I really don't. <laughs> wow. So you. So what's so cool about South Africa is that, um, it, as you say, it's in English because there's not a lot of unta- like England has a scene, the United States, Canada, Australia. They're already pretty well developed. Yeah. Um, well, then you know even. about the Asian scene, right? And the Asian scene is is good, uh, but it's ultimately you're doing it in a country that speaks a different language. Right. So there's a ceiling to where you can go with uh, the only thing that's even similar is the Philippines. Like right. there's a lot of people who speak English there but even the, the, the guys who are famous in the Philippines are doing it in Tagalog. Yeah. Well we've skipped over Australia and New Zealand where they speak English. So I, said no, I said Australia. You didn't say New Zealand. I did not say New <laughs> okay. Zealand. Canada too. Yeah. I did say Canada. <laughs> yeah. Listen Canada. back to your yeah. own podcast. Uh, hold on. Hold yeah. On. Um, uh, yeah. But what I'm saying is so that's cool that it was such an I guess it's because of history that there wasn't well, no, there were comedians pre-apartheid. No, there really weren't because there's no free speech, right? So it's like there were comedians who were doing it l- literally illegally. And, wow. and so And so you meet these guys. You meet these guys who are like... Uh, you know, 40, 50 years old and they're crushers because they, they, I mean, they, this is what's wrong with comedy is like, there will always be a comedian still trying to do comedy when it's illegal. That's how, that's how fun comedy is. That's how great comedy is. You're looking at one. Yeah. You're doing illegal comedy. I did it for six years. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, it was illegal in China when you were doing it? It's illegal to this day. Oh, I didn't know that. I've been like hitting you up for like context. I didn't know it was illegal to go do comedy. Well, technically, yeah. There's I no mean, free speech in, in, in China, right? Not only is there no free speech, if you have a group of over 50 people in a room, you need a permit from the okay. government because it could be considered a rally, which could be cons- turned into a riot right. against the government. I was banned for six months from doing stand-up. No kidding. Personally. Ban- that should be the title of your album. Oh, banned for six that. months. It should yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like by the cultural police of the city I was living that in. That sounds like a made-up thing. That sounds like what you say when you're a kid and you're like, and you like walk in and your sister and she's doing something dumb. I mean, you're like, I'm the cultural police, yeah. okay? Yeah. This needs to stop. It's so insane that they call right themselves up. that. They're the cultural police, and their job oh, is to stamp crazy. out culture. Yeah. And I got, we were, I was doing, I started a bar show, and yeah. it got super popular. 200 people were coming every week to right. the show. The bar down the there's street. there's no market for it. There was nothing else to do. Yeah. There was no market for anything, you right. know, like sport. There was no sports team. There was no, like, anything, yeah. you know? So um, the bar down the street was jealous of the business this bar was making. Sure. So instead of just, like, working, Working at a they deal, yeah. they just came snitched. over and said that I was the leader of an anti-communist organization, and that those were our meetings. They're not wrong. Yeah, comedy's anti-communist. I was telling Joe. I was <laughs> you, like, well, Man. let me ask you directly: Are you pro-communism? He's I, right. I don't talk about it. <laughs> There's good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine during apartheid you couldn't do. But yeah, you couldn't do, do because you. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, so that so that's what's interesting, and, and that's what's interesting about going to South Africa is because you bump into two you bump into two sides of the of the business because you bump into uh, uh, and let me just clarify that in South Africa it's black people, colored people, and white people. Right. Those are the three. I'm not being. Uh, They're gonna know, say, let me just clarify. I'm, I'm not being apartheid. a tool. Yeah, no, they. <laughs> so they uh, so black people, colored people, like especially did not have any ability to like be in entertainment and like do you know what they wanted so it's a it's a scene where because comedy is so harmonious right like and there's like there's just something about comedians that like we all get along yeah. and we all get it especially if you're doing well on stage like uh, so I was meeting these people and it was, seemed like a harmonious moment in time and everything is great. And then while I was there, the H and M thing happened with the gorilla, with the, the, okay. So they, H and M put out an ad worldwide that had a, a white kid wearing some shirt that was like normal shit. And then, a, and then a black kid had a shirt that said the coolest monkey in the jungle All right. and the place went nuts. I remember that. And so yeah, everybody yeah. in South Africa like rioted and like ripped up an H and M and yeah, it was really? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> blocks from where I was staying. So it was like that weird balance of like, look, Everything's cool, but like, don't do some dumb shit. Yeah, like, are the wow. crowds? I mean, are the crowds mixed or demographic? Yeah, well, so what happens is, it's just like here, right? It's like a particular bar or a particular neighborhood has has a vibe. So whatever you're playing is a different is a different type of crowd. So like, I played the Zulu crowds and 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 tried to have that experience. And I played a and I played a casino where I was the only, again the only English speaker they were speaking a spadey and then uh, and then I did a club that's like in the, like the ritzy part of town and it's all white people and it's and it's the same everywhere you go it's like white people are the worst audience members because they're just the most like conservative about everything even right. in South Africa yeah. well South Africa I would imagine I guess especially there's yeah. more issues at play like real recent history yeah. yeah well you know what I didn't realize right off the bat and it, it took me almost until the third trip to really process it I talk a lot about relationships and some of it's about sex some of it's just about relationships in general but that 
that would start to be like a, a touchy moment. And I and I didn't figure out till later that like I can swear, right? Yeah. Like yeah. in South Africa, like for the longest time, you just couldn't you couldn't fuck who you wanted to fuck because it was like because of apartheid, you couldn't just you couldn't just fuck somebody of a different race. So there is that feeling. I feel it. We start to talk about relationships. They start to like it's like when you mention a president here, they're just like, well, hold on, is he going to say Trump directly? Yeah. And they're like, what's it? You know, what's he going to talk about relationships? And so all of the triggers are like so they are firing. Up. Yeah, so all the triggers are firing, and you're just talking about marriage. But it's like, I mean, Trevor Noah, you know, he's got the thing about born a crime. Yeah. Like, his parents couldn't actively be together in the lifetime of the comedians that I've met. Like, that was a law. So it's like... So that's still touchy to talk about? Yeah, it's because it's because everybody still knows somebody who was like breaking the law and it was like and it was rough. Like, yeah, it's so new. Comedy's like 26 years old. Like, that's how crazy it is. I know this guy. I'm wondering, there's this guy named Barry Hilton who used to come and tour around Asia. I never saw him, though, yeah. and I've literally never met him. Yeah. But he's like a 60-year-old, pretty rough, like, swashbuckling South, South African guy. Yeah, and he has that old, like, British I comedy think, vibe. I think I know who this is. You know what I'm talking about? The, I think I do. He's a gray-haired, kind of fat. I mean, he looks like a dude who was sitting at a, would be sitting at a yeah. bar in London. I want to Google, like, Google him, complain. but I'm trying to video this. Yeah, I'm wondering if what his... Uh, what was allowed? I wonder if like super white guy comedy was allowed. Before. Yeah, you were fine. Maybe that that was the spot. I, he, that was the sweet spot. I get the feeling that might have been what he was doing. And then also because it's the the mixed history of South Africa means like you have both this um, this like British sentimentality of of comedy, but then you also have this other culture that uh, you know like this Danish culture the. Uh, um, why can't I think of it? The Afrikaans culture that yeah. came in, and so that so it's like they're, they they have two completely different. It's like a bunch of clashes all coming together. So they're so generally they don't they're not very dirty because it's like that's already okay. Like comedians here, that's the that's where you start because it's like oh I got freedom to say whatever I want. Yeah, and, and then, you, then you get cleaner as you get better, right? Because you're like oh I don't need to say the f word there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so them they start clean and heady and like uh, and like very um, yeah I don't know what's the word like. Witty, I guess. That's good. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, and it's like, uh, and then, and then eventually it, it does. Like, it feels like the longer they're in the thing, then they start to feel more comfortable talking about relationships, things and like that. But generally speaking, it's pretty clean. Is that just because culturally you just are more pol- like it's more of a polite culture in public? I just no. I think it's because it's so new. It's like you can't. It's like you know when Lenny Bruce came out and was starting to talk about stuff. Like they like put him in jail, right? So like think about when comedy started here. That's true. Like. You're cool until every, until it feels like obscenity, and then it's like, okay, this is not an art form at all. It's just, you're just talking about your vagina. And yeah. It's like, why is that good? It and was like that for us. Our scene out in China was really clean. We yeah. didn't realize how clean it was until we would have certain headliners would come over right. from New York, and the audience, it was too much for the audience. They feel it immediately. Because they, they were just like, oh, man, like that's way, 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 way beyond right. what we've ever seen. Right. And so it wasn't even like you're... It tiptoeing on the line, and that the line is like a, a bullshit term, but you know what I mean. Like they oh, just I think used it's a very it. real term, and so they were just like, "Whoa!" I don't know if they was offended, just like that's not what we were expecting to right. see tonight. So we had to start putting a like a, a sign on the posters that said like, uh, "Not for the easily offended," or, or like somehow this is yeah. a dirty show, R-rated show, whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah. And then you would get people who wanted to come to that style of show, and they could come. I but, see. Um, we t- we tended to have to book a little bit on the cleaner side, not 100 percent clean, but yeah, just I would yeah, to I, ease people into what was going sexual on. Sexual stuff can, because it's like I would imagine with racial tensions, I, I could see in a place like South Africa, it's harder to. There's like a line. You stay further away from the line. I would think. Yeah. Well, that's, in, no, it's not other things as well. well like, if we're talking about this imaginary line, you, as a comedian, you feel the line yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you do the one that leads into the to the because every you know every it's like every joke has its arc. So you do the stuff that leads into it, and if they start to to freeze up, you get out of it. Yeah. You don't go. You don't go right for it. So yeah. I it took me it took me till the third trip to really know specifically what what ones I wanted to do and how far and how I want to amend them. That's cool to know that, though, going back and going back. Yeah. You need that many clubs, I guess. Yeah. And then finally, like the first time I went, it was like, it was like high stakes because it was like, oh, I don't know if any of this is going to work. And I I worked really hard and I almost did better the first round because it was like, um, I was, I was assuming everything was going to maybe go weird. So I was like really, like really tight with everything. And second trip, I loosened up a little bit and then it was almost like, uh, 
that was probably where I did the worst because I was like I had a little bit of confidence, so I went like a little further. And then the third trip was like full on actual like I belong here confidence cool. and like. What was it? What were the Zulu shows like? I'm interested to hear about that. Zulu show. It's I mean, it's exactly like what it sounds. It's like um, what's funny is when you watch comedy in another language, you can feel the beats of the joke and you can feel why it's going good. But like, I don't, you know, I don't speak Zulu. So it's just <laughs> it's just so the guy that I saw did an hour and he just did this old man character. And he's just like, the same thing, it's like he's got like viral videos that like went all out of control, him and his couple brothers, and I don't know the guy's name. And he just did this crazy old man Zulu character, and he murdered. Like That's like, we used to have characters, right? Yeah. Um, where, did you perform on that? I was on that show, yeah. I went like, I went, they put me in the worst possible spot. So here, here's what kept happening when they put me on those type of shows. They would have the host go up, do the whole open in another language. And then just give me like this guy's from New York. Oh yeah, yeah. Right on. Like, <laughs> no, you... like not even adjusted. So like by the time they figured out the pace of English, it's it's just like it's like putting Leon, Leanne Rhymes in the middle of a Buster Rhymes concert. It's yeah. not that they don't understand or they don't like it. It's they have to now adjust because you just you just threw the car in reverse. So they're just their ears are listening for this language, and then you swap to another language like right at the beginning of the show. Nobody's warm anyway. And they're not speaking English at the bar because they're all hanging out with each other. Um, and so, yeah, so it was like... And the other thing, as a comedian, you've got a good... Like a, a major advantage of having a host go on before you is that you can see how they are dealing with the room. Sure. And you can hear what's going right. on. You can read the room. Right. You can even come up armed with like... Uh, riffs right right off the bat right. that ingratiate you to the audience by what they're saying, and if you don't understand anything that's being said, right. you're just going up 100 percent blind. Yeah, you're, it's it's cold. The show starts over when you go on, and you got yeah. and then those are shorter sets, so it's like you eight ten minutes. So it's like I would be I would have them at minute eight, and then I and then I'd be then I'd be done. So it's cool to say for the rest of your life, though, that you performed yeah. on a Zulu show. It's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and, I made some, and I made some good friends at those shows because it would be, you know, it's like, you know, what, you know, when the when the audience isn't ready for what's happening, but somebody individually is having a good time, but they can't have the type of good time that they feel like they should because it feels like even the rooms against them as an audience. Yeah. An audience is an organism. So like the bigger the audience reaction gets, the more you can personally enjoy it so i had people that came up afterwards and like i really like your set whatever whatever and like would like apologize and i was like no i get it like i get why <laughs> yeah, the they worst. didn't understand what was and also a lot of times oh this happened more than once they introduced me as as an afrikaans guy as like a joke uh, I was gonna ask, and so big, then it was like five minutes in before they realized I wasn't doing a character. Like they uh, thought I was doing like some American character and doing that thing where you come I up with it. I've had, I've had hosts do that to me before. Like just tell the audience something totally different that they think's hilarious, right. but no one gets that they're joking. Right. You've made you've made you're it impossible. Screwing the guy. Yeah. Oh my god. How big yeah. is the Afrikaans scene? Because like that that was the Dutch colony. You know. So everyone <laughs> yeah. in South Africa that I met speaks Afrikaans because it's what they taught in schools. So it's. Um, so it's it's just part of yeah. So but like to be an Afrikaans guy is to be like is to have like literally like the accent of the oppressor. Like, um, <laughs> it's worse. Yeah, the it's, levels of languages that's worse than it's English. brutal. Yeah. So it's like they introduce me as an Afrikaans guy, and then they and I and I'm I'm ambiguous as it is. So like I can like look at me in any country, and they're kind of like. Yeah, you, you could go. Pass. He could fit in. A lot he, of could, parts. he could be yeah, from yeah. here, maybe except maybe Asia. But like, yes, generally, like he could be from here, uh, and I have that vibe. So then, if you, so then you, if you like torpedo me and go, this guy's Afrikaans, everybody's confused, and then now they're just looking for me to like come back into my real character. It was awful. So how do they deal with real Afrikaans comedians? Um, no, it's cool. they do great. They literally do because they, they know great. how to like get in and out of yeah, it. Yeah, and nobody's like blaming a a 27 year old okay. dude for what happened Afrikaans guilt do you know what I mean not a thing <laughs> but, but, but for sure it's a thing but it's the same it's the same thing yeah it's it, it's it's still, it's still called white guilt because that because even the people that are again it's like that's that's the main language um that they that they teach in schools. so it's like everybody is everybody sort of has the Afrikaans accent to a level yeah did you, so. did you but you brushed I mean I bet you did you have to did you know much about South Africa before you went down there like the not Boer not War a and ton <laughs> not a ton um, but you it's like it's funny how how fast you you pick up on a on a culture when you uh, so you there. think you're gonna go what back you, what's your I would love to go back right now it's like a little bit 
It's a little bit odd, money-wise, there. So, and I feel like I've accomplished what I can accomplish uh, up till this mark. So I'm in this weird holding space in my career where I feel like I've accomplished what I could accomplish on the road without having a name. I've accomplished what I could accomplish, at, you know, in South Africa right now. I'll always be welcome back. It's just a matter of how do I then extend extend to the next level. It's like you said it. Cha- what changed about it in the last couple of years? It's just because of government corruption and and a bunch of other things like money is tight across like even television so it's like television shows aren't being made like television shows are being dropped like things that that would extend my career are no longer available uh, they like doubled the number of clubs and then it and then it halved right after that. So like the yeah. people that owned them decided that they could do better monetarily if they just own one club in a, in a cheaper side of town. So it's there. Um, so the next level for me is really to figure out how to get like corporates over there. And being an outsider, it's 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 relatively impossible to like get known as a guy. Uh, but when I'm over there, I really like I trend on a on a on a level that I don't trend in the U.S. That's and when great. I post my South African like uh, adjacent stuff, even here, when I see something's trending over there, I'll I'll jump in the 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 pile like I'll and I'll uh, <laughs> and I'll get involved. And then that stuff does really well on uh, on the internet. But what's fun about South Africa is like it actually I have no fame whatsoever. But over there, because you do three things, they feel like you're important. And yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. a nice fun thing. To yeah, do. fish. The opposite of New York City. Yeah, you can have all, you can have all the things, <laughs> yeah, and then not, no nobody cares. cares. What I realized recently, finally, was so I so I go over there and I get shoved into the veteran pile because I've been doing comedy twelve years, and they've most those, those people have been doing comedy seven eight years. So like yeah. my and my twelve year shows on stage here. All the people that were up at the main comedy clubs, the big comedy clubs, the big name comedy clubs, what, that when I got here 12 years ago, are still going on those clubs. So now they're still 12 years ahead of me. Yeah, there's no spots opening up because right. like fill in the blank name that we all know <laughs> right. is still at he's the still comedy cellar. He's still crushing. He's been there for 35 and, years. And now he's got 30 years experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how does a guy with 12 years ex- like, compete with that guy? It's, it's hard. I remember like, 10 years ago, it was like all of the most successful comedians in America were 40. And now right. it's all the exact same people, but they're fifty. Right, right, right. It's like literally go down the list. It's all the same names. Yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. No one's giving Start it up. Killing people off. Get out so of the you- way. You, well, we tried. They tried to meet too. Everybody. Yeah. I only worked with a couple people. <laughs> <laughs> need more names. We need more people. I was gonna say. Do, I don't know your background. Did you go? Have you done the overseas thing? Oh no, I'm the I'm the. Uh, what do you? What's the opposite of the overseas thing? Underseas. Domestic. Domestic thing. <laughs> Domestic. I traveled a little bit. Underseas. I, I know a little bit about South Africa only because I had a friend growing up, and then I, my girlfriend in college was South African. No shit. So I'd see her family, and then actually a friend. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, Nicole. Shout <laughs> out. So I'll shout see if she still has any family in South Africa next time you're there. And uh, and then, yeah, my uh, I, as a Jew, you just meet South Africans. My cousin's marrying a South African soon. So Is that we, right? We're a lot of South African Jews. I was going to so say. I wonder if there's a lot of South African Jewish comedians. Though. I know my friend married into a family, or his sister married into a family who owns the Atlantis Casino in the Bahamas. Right. And they also own, they're from South Africa. Wait, who is this? I've gotten to know my friend's sister married into this family. That's great. I've gotten to know, and they also own casinos in South Africa. That's great. Yeah. I don't know which one. If there's other Atlantises in South Africa, or maybe they go by a different name. Well, so many people have left South Africa that. You know, they go all over, but then oh, they're in the Bahamas. Now. In the Bahamas, yeah. So do they go to? Yeah, is that a thing? The Bahamas. Uh, well, well, that's because it's they a rough time Atlantis. right now to talk about the Bahamas, isn't it? Isn't it just on the heels of? I have no idea. Is it okay down there? Um, so What's, I don't know. I think I think casinos are. Um, yeah, I think the idea is to like match whatever the the vibe of the town is. I think casino guys understand this. So that's why Atlantis is Bahamas because like this like who knows what's under the water down here. We're an yeah, island. It could be yeah, like yeah. so then there it's like a lot of like gold reef and like and then there's another big company that has a bunch of casinos called Monte Casino and then um so there's a bunch of those. So it's like cuz because because South Africa's gold because South Africa is is diamonds like they just they lean into that stuff. Oh wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of diamonds down there. Lot, I've, uh, I've seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so mad at Leonardo DiCaprio. That's the big thing in, yeah, that's a big thing in South Africa is that nobody's done a good, an actual true accent. Although they said Tim oh. Robbins. There's a movie where Tim Robbins is South African. It's a really hard accent. Uh, my, so my girlfriend... And they hated Black Panther because of it. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. They started liking it, but they're using a real language, but then they're making it uh, shenanigans while they're doing it. Wow. Now, yeah. You have to hear it to know... Like, if you've heard South African accent, you know the difference between that and any other accent, and it's... 
It's well, strong. All of our minds Her either family. go to British or Australian yeah. or New Zealand, but, and then it's a weird. But there's so in and out. many because of all of the things. It's there's the, so many South African accents. So there's like right, there's, 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 like, the there's like colored people from right. from Cape Town. There's yeah, Afrikaans yeah. people that are like white and privileged that you can just it just it just feels it just feels wrong. And then there and then there's uh, and then there's like black people that speak Zulu and black people that speak Spady and, and all of these things and and all the accents kind of mix up. Yeah. Spady. I never heard uh, Zulu. It's, it's, Zulu I think it's, one out. I think it's Spady. Spady. I think it. The one thing we don't think about, which you mentioned, uh, especially in the United States, is how government affects comedy. Like you were saying that because of things that are happening with the government, stand-up scene is not what it was. Because TV, the same things, like in Asia, certain Asian countries, I mean, they ban in Malaysia, they banned excessive laughter a couple years ago. (laughs) So you can only be a comedian if you kind of suck. Okay. Like if you're too good, why are they like, oh, 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 playing that? Just I don't know. I was there a few years ago when it happened. It was they like want to hurt the feelings. You can just step their... on your punchlines. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you can do the same jokes. Just step but on like, your laughter punchlines. Laughter is fine, but not too much because it's like it. bad for the mind. I don't know. It was some, based really? off some like something religious. I have no idea. Oh, wow. China, it's completely done. Stand up is over. I was debating. Uh, laughter is fine. So I was debating. Uh, my podcast is I interview porn stars. So I was debating with yes. a porn star whether or not laughter is good for the bedroom and whether or not like sex should be or could be funny. What they say? We didn't really. She was pretending as if as if you should be able to laugh while you're having sex, but then when, then when I finally when I kept challenging her down the line, we never really found a spot where that's like like I'll use and you guys will probably use like comedy to like to bed a girl, but but once you're in bed. Like right, you don't yeah, wanna, you, you, gotta, don't, you don't waste your best lines now. They're not. Right. You've already got the accomplishments. It's another, we're in another. We're in another bad yeah, material. To, it's a different tone. Uh, and if you're if a right. porn writer, you don't want to use. You, if you right. could write funny dialogue, in, you're not going to put it in bed. I mean, you're going to be writing regular movies. <laughs> right. so. Yeah, I don't. And then they tried the um, the the. Um, why can't I think of their names? This is it. The Stones. The the South Park guys tried to do Trey, a, a yeah. funny po- uh, uh, porn. They oh, did they? Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, sure it was uh, um, it. back in like. Late, mid, late nineties. Uh, it was called Orgasmo. Oh, oh right. yeah. yeah, that was and like it, a movie about. It was like a comedy about guys trying to do porn or something. Yeah, like that, I don't right? know. Yeah, I was. It was not that it was unwatchable, but because of the things <laughs> they were trying to do, it wasn't the best. I was, like, yeah, I was a kid done. trying to trying to spank it, and it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. No, perfect. that wouldn't have been the it one. It wasn't no, perfect. No, not for spanking. Yeah. Dan, we're gonna get to the news before we do that. Um, you just mentioned Mission. your podcast, but say it again. And then, what else do you have to promote? Porn stars or people podcast. Check that out. It's on all the things. Uh, Comedy's best kept secret tour uh, is out there. We travel the country, travel the world, actually. And uh, I don't know what else. What about the? Are you, are you still involved with the festival? Hoboken Comedy Festival just passed, so that's over. There's a Make Me Laugh Comedy Festival coming to Albany and a bunch of other cities in 2020. Uh, but Did yeah. you go to Syracuse? I went to Syracuse University. Oh, yeah, so yeah, nice. that's yeah. Boom. What year? Yeah. 2000. <laughs> nice. You're you're old. You're I am old. Yeah, you're Thanks. significant. Old cat. Yeah, significant. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. What year were you? We're just um, yeah, it was 2005. Oh, all right. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Did you know Jeff Kaplan? My brother? No. No. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Party Jeff, cap. Party cap. Did, you guys, did you guys start the SAT program? Are you guys? Is it, are you guys the Fortune family? <laughs> <Yeah>. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> I did have, my grandfather's name was Stanley Kaplan, but a different Stanley Kaplan. Uh, so that's why I'm working it for the Patreon money. They, we, yeah, we wouldn't be blasting our Patreon if <laughs> oh, they. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do I get to stay, or you want me to leave? You yeah, stay. We, okay, we got news stories for you. Play the music. comes to us from the Shanghaiest. We still do some China news. Sure. Here, we should have done the Syracuse Post Standard if I knew we had the connection. Yeah. I know. Next, I just, next time you're I on. Know, yeah, Daily Orange, maybe. Daily Orange, yes. Daily Orange. Next time you're on. Domino's Taiwan is now selling bubble tea pizza. Okay. The dessert pizza comes topped with mochi balls and brown sugar tapioca pearls, along with a generous slathering of honey. It will be available until November 24th, so go there now. Go to Taiwan now. Uh, it go costs, to Taiwan. It costs 199 NT. I actually don't know what their money is, which is $6.50 for regular pizza. What do you guys think? I Bubble mean, tea pizza. I'm for it. I'm for it because it's Domino's. And Domino's pizza is crap anyway, so I, don't, I, I, I hate ruining good pizza with anything. But like, if point. you're sorry and with crap, it's not even pizza. Yeah, I'm for it. I don't even know what bubble tea. I still don't know what bubble tea is. All these years of doing this podcast. So. Yeah. Oh, bubble tea is uh, it's milk. It's like tea with milk and sugar, kind of like shaken up, and it's hot. Hot tea with milk and sugar, and so it's sweet tea. Oh, it's supposed to be hot. Yeah, it's hot tea with milk and sugar, and they put tapioca, tapioca balls, balls in it. I've only ever had a cold. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's supposed I to be. I thought tapioca hot. balls would. Um, 
like disintegrate. Well, they, that's what kind of makes it taste good. They get like gelatinous oh. a little bit in the bottom. No shit. Yeah. I've only ever. Otherwise, it'd be hard, which yeah. is not. You can't chew. It. It's supposed to be like yeah. I and don't then know. they shoot up the straw. It's they like, give you like a real fat straw, and they shoot up the straw. Yeah, it makes yeah. you feel a little bad about your masculinity. Yeah. Well, yeah. well not me, but yeah. Odd. Odd. <laughs> and like and tadpoles, no, it's like supposed tadpoles. to be like a soft gummy bear. Yeah. It's texture. Fun. It is. It's fun. like eating tadpoles, exactly. I, I would mean, say for the Domino's thing, yeah, I think we've stretched the line on what pizza is anyway. And Italians would say that whatever pizza is over here is not pizza anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Also, but it's like as long, yeah, it's like a fast food place. Call it whatever you want. Call it a Mexican pizza. Call it a, a dessert like pizza. Like it doesn't matter. None. We know it's not a real thing. Yeah. And At they've least, already Domino's here. What do we have? We have like the. Um, well, they have that. Is it Domino's a pizza where they put the cheese in the crust kind of thing? Yeah, but that's like, great. But it's the, great, but it's just that's that's American. That's making it even more unhealthy sure. and more ridiculous. So this is, but you know, Domino's here has those, the they culture. have like a churro type of thing, right? They, they right. take pizza dough, they wrap it in, um, they, it's like a cinnamon it's, stick. Yeah, thing. that's disgusting. Yeah. And, with like, and with like the jizzy, like Cinnabon type. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know so, what you're talking about. That's yeah. the sauce. So we're, we're so close to that. I mean, I'm a little Caesars guy personally because that's what I was delivered for in high school. Is but that right? I delivered. Can I ask you a real question? What is the cheese they put on Little Caesars pizza? Because it's not a texture that makes any sense on earth. I mean, the company secrets, I think like I signed the NDA when I went out of there. I think it's, yeah, it's like, you signed an NDA. Is that right? It doesn't melt all the. You it and Stormy Daniels properly. have all the secrets of the world. Oh yeah, we can. It was has Stormy been on your pod. No, oh, we got to get that's no, the, that's I'm the not, premier I'm, porch starter. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, I don't know what it is. I know it. I know that whenever I made a pizza for myself, yeah, I would slabber the like crazy bread texture right. jizz, fuck speaking of jizz, onto the crust to make it better, because that pizza's terrible. So, Any pizza for a dollar, I don't understand. They well, used that's to sell not real cheese. That's the thing. Those well, dollar slice places are not using. No, real no, no! Cheese, I'm right? saying that, that Little Caesars, you could get an entire pizza for a dollar. Oh, I, we didn't have expensive when I was in high school. Oh, really? Commercials on TV, pizza for a buck, and we, it was like a chicken, like back, back. Yeah, we would have like I remember it was like four ninety nine for a large, and like two mediums for seven ninety nine. All these crazy deals, and it's chaos. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's I, I was a delivery guy though, so I only made the pizza sometimes. So, I, and I could never get the sauce. You know, you got to turn the turn the sauce properly and smooth <laughs> it out. I couldn't do that, so really? I was really useless. That's great coordination. Makes perfect. Yeah. Story number two. Box, number two comes to us from CNN. Uh, oh, according to a, uh, we had Halloween last. Uh, yeah. I guess now it's two it's, weeks it's ago. Po- it's Halloween still. It's, it's still, Halloween. They're still this weekend. They were still doing. My sister yeah. was at a costume party. They're still doing Halloween. They're I know this after. comes out a week from now. But yeah, yes, obviously. I agree. Yeah, Halloween lasted for two weekends this they year. They couldn't decide which Saturday to do you it. Notice that people um, were dressed up on Saturday night. Yeah, maybe. But were they before, the week before? They too? were yes. definitely the week before. Oh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. around that week. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think what happens is we think. For Halloween specifically, if it, if it pops on a Thursday, we're like, well, it's over. You, like, doing it after Halloween is lame, but doing it before Halloween is kind of cool. It's fine, right? Yeah. But I was so, at the Lantern on Saturday night. There was a lot of people in Halloween costumes yeah. three days after Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that's It's a Saturday too. night, but yeah. Yeah. According to Ch- the city of Chesapeake, Virginia, uh code of ordinances anyone over the age of 14 who engages in trick-or-treating is guilty of a class 4 misdemeanor punishable by a fine of up to 250 dollars I support that. I su- yeah definitely support this um, anyone who or anyone who trick-or-treats after 8 p.m. is also guilty of the same charge okay that one's a little dicier so here's I was handing With out 14 yeah over the age of 14 I was handing out candy this year for the first I, the first time in my life where I've been handing out candy in a popular area where a bunch of people were getting candy yeah and it was like it, you were in your neighborhood. You weren't just standing on the corner. He was in your church. Standing in trying to get Jews to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it last week. You your house? I was no? in Brooklyn Heights. No, at the church I go to, oh. they had a, uh, they just had a ton of candy. And we're like, yeah, stand, like volunteers. Volunteer. Like, yeah, uh, okay. like, uh, Did but you dress up? It's in a, no, I didn't dress up. Mm, but it was in a residential neighborhood. It's in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. So it's like, t- you had millions of kids coming by. Millions. Millions. I was shocked at the amount of adults. I'm not saying 15. I'm like 50. Like no. just straight. Adults, no kids, no kids, no costume, uh, and not homeless people. I'm not saying homeless people. Some, not necessarily. Interesting. Just literally, and this is what they would do. They come by and they go, "Yo, man, is it cool if I get one?" And just kind of put their hand in and take candy yeah. as they kept walking. You, if you have to ask, take, you kind of know. It was like, yo, this literally is, stealing candy from oh, babies. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, this is. The, they were like, yo, this one. is cool, right? This is cool. They weren't no, no, like trick. At least I want them the shame of having to say trick or treat. Yeah. Be yeah. confident about it. Yeah. yeah like when I was no costume. Tr- you're saying no costume. Oh yeah. I literally no. just walking by and be like, uh, seeing me, seeing yeah. us, and we were at you a table, like a, a card table with a with a, right. with a uh, big bowl of candy, and going, yo, it's cool. If I get 
get one, right? And we're like, uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, when I was close to 14, I would do that thing that was in the Curb episode, I think, years ago, where you sign to like take a tennis racket or something and you half ass costume just to get some candy from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we, at least a little better than what you're describing. It's both way, it's both way should be against the law. I agree. No pillowcases, nothing, just walking out and putting in their pocket? Yeah, yeah, yeah just literally in the pocket. Oh. Like almost straight to the mouth. Would you feel better as a like, member of the church if they came up and they were like, amen? And then they like, they like put their hands out. So like, some people did do that. <laughs> oh. Some people did do that. See, One kid comes up and he's like, amen, he's, cross yourself and then get a piece of candy. Probably I, I'm like, for that. It, it was, this kid's like five yeah. and he comes up, he's full costume and he's like, trick or treat. And we're like, yeah, grab some candy. He's like, okay, cool. And he runs away and his dad goes, no, tell him what I told you to say. And he runs back and he goes, God bless you. <laughs> That's great. And then one girl. And also with you. And then this, this 10 year old girl, we talked about this last week, but she comes up and she was like, What? A church giving out candy? That's like sacrilege. And I think that she was from some, you know, there's some of those churches they think it's like voodoo. Right. Yeah. To it give out candy or Halloween? Halloween in general yeah. is somehow like antichrist. Right. And we're like, I don't know, maybe she's like her family's one of those. Like it, yeah. it was I all mean, over the board, the reaction. I, mean, I was trick-or-treating and I was out, you know, you get, you talk about this thing where it's like 8 p.m. and you get close to the, the deadline, but yeah. you don't know how, I, I don't know if that's how, I get you don't want to bother people, but I noticed that the people, they do this thing where they just kind of like, they like turn off all the lights in their house, but I can right. see people inside. No, that's again. Well, and I want to ring the doorbell on those people. They live it, there. What do you mean? It, it, the your kids. Yeah. Say it, it, it's a cutoff. But it was How nine o'clock. It was seven forty-five. Eighty-two. Eighty-two. So we're, year all old the, we're all in the same. same. We're in the same vibe, yeah. right? So that was yeah. It was a, it was not even an unwritten rule. It was a written rule. Eight like, o'clock. It's done at eight. It was eight, eight. or nine, right? And it was yeah. done. And you flick your lights off, and that was and it. You're done. I'm saying it was like seven fifty-ish. People were flicking the lights off. I know. you got the right aid does that now. Like they'll close the doors at like nine fifty. Five and I'm like, yo, I got to get my like prescription, and they're like, ah, sorry, there's nobody here for the last eight and minutes. The other thing was, I think when you go to high school as a freshman in high school, it, it would be embarrassing for people to like. I didn't trick or treat. No, I, no, I trick or treated all the way up to senior year. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd have a crew. I think I did too. So we would do, yeah. So we would, and so I would just wear a mask. I would wear a mask. You don't know what because I'm the same height, probably from like ninth grade <laughs> yeah, to twelfth grade. Just wear a mask, do the thing, and just hold it out. And then our big thing was that because to to feel like adults, we would also like we would plan. We lived in like the dumb suburbs so we would like plan fights so we would like trick or treat for a little bit and then we'd go meet in the back of the neighborhood where there's no houses and we would like have a fist fight and then <laughs> we'd just put our masks back on and then go back and trick or treat with the whole crew that was fighting yeah. you're not weird. supposed to be driving to the next house yeah, yeah right. everybody yeah, right. gets out of the pickup yeah, yeah. we walked, we walked. No, I would do that I also, we'd, have, we'd have trick or treat on Halloween and then we'd, in my neighborhood trick or treat was on the Friday after Halloween no matter and what and my buddies was in on Halloween so I got so oh, I'd go oh, that's pretty good the John Holman's house. yeah I'd get double double it up and I, yeah I did it I think through senior year just yeah. for, take a yeah. tennis racket or a baseball. We're, we're a football no, Eagles kid, jersey. I love Halloween. This one kid who was amazing. Uh, I can't. I might have talked about this last week, but he uh, he was like had no. All the, he was probably ten. All of his friends had costumes. Yeah. He, six of them. He had no costume. And you, you think it's because of him? Or you think his parents are terrible? I think it's because of him, because he was also pretty funny. He comes up, and he's like, I was like, all right, guys, you can all take two pieces of candy. And he goes, two? Whoa, that's more than anyone's given me all night. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's because you don't have a costume on. Yeah. He goes, yes, I do. Oh. I'm like, what's your costume? He goes, I'm a tourist. <laughs> I'm like, funny. all right, you can have three. That's, that's pretty that kid, good. That kid's going to do stand-up in like four years. He was great. He was because like real smart-ass. Yeah, he's got, he's got all the bad experiences that make <laughs> him have to be funny. So that he can get candy. He's All right, last story of the week. New York Post. A Columbia University professor accidentally poisoned herself with an ancient homemade flu remedy, forcing her to cancel class. This is her quote. She goes, I'm a great believer in natural this and that. And take sips of elderberry instead of flu shots. It turns out they have cyanide, said Professor Carol Rovain. Mm, so she poisoned herself with cyanide by taking a homemade uh, She's flu. alive. She's a hero of the week. I She's think. alive. What's the threshold of poisoning yourself? Yeah, what happened? Having to cancel class. I, yeah. I, yeah, you're right. That's a is low it, threshold. Is diarrhea the threshold? I think poison is. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, as a student, I would I like poison yourself. Yeah, yeah. The, this is the debate I had the other day too. Is like uh, if you electrocute yourself, I think you have to die. Otherwise, it's not yeah. electrocuting. You just if, shock yeah, yourself. If you're not electrocuted unless you die. So right. yeah. she poison didn't poison part, herself. Yeah. She just yeah gave herself a stomachache or something. But like, yeah. if she, I was a kid and I you you have these wacky teachers and you can't you never can you can't be disrespectful. You can't make fun of them. You know, but then you get this this great moment where this crazy anti-vaccine teacher, I guess, probably well, she yeah. gives herself a homemade flu. But she teaches at Columbia University. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a there's a fun point in all of our 
lives as children when we realize that adults can be wrong and, yeah. and and it happens different for all of us but i remember what happened for me and it blew my mind because like something it was something so clear my uncle like thought that like this constellation was the was like the little dipper and i was like <laughs> oh that's definitely not the little dipper yeah, and then and then him and his son my cousin they just started making fun of me like aggressively like of course it's a little dipper and like they were bringing it on me and the whole time i'm like a little bit frustrated but i'm also like oh i'm never gonna trust anything this guy says ever you just knew again. they were wrong yeah i knew they're wrong i know what the little dipper is and uh, and it wasn't it. And they were just ragging on me. They need I, producer I, Matt in their life. I liked that this person, uh, after she used another homeopathic remedy to re- to, to cure herself. To, to cure the cure? She, yeah. She used clay, yeah, um, bentonite clay, a and, mineral. And the other thing I want to bring up. So laxative, she, basically. She got it done. She did this, like, she cyanided herself <laughs> for a flu, in lieu of a flu shot. Yeah. Which is, this is also a mind-blowing thing for me coming just get back. get the flu. The flu shots, well, get yeah. the flu. <laughs> if you're that, well, it'd be, the flu that'd be better than cyanide. Yeah. But also, the flu fr- shot's free in America. Yeah, if you have any sort of... Like, I mean, she's everywhere I see, it's expressive. like, free flu shots. Yeah. Come get a free flu I've shot. I've never read the stipulations, though. No, it's free. Do you get a flu shot? No. I don't get a flu shot. Do you I, get a flu I, shot? I don't well, take cyanide. I had a heart attack this year, so they keep telling you me really? you have to have a flu shot. You have to have a flu yeah. shot. I, tell you, I hadn't done one in a while. But oh, my God. Yeah. I'm Wait, so you had, you had to get a flu shot? Because I mean, they were attack? like, you don't want to eat the flu. So, yeah. So oh, I, got, I, I got a flu wow. shot. So, I go to the doctor a lot. It's hard to avoid the flu. Well, you go, every doctor has the flu shot in their concoction somewhere. So. Right. It's so, really, it's the only thing, it's the only thing that Bernie Sanders, I don't know if he made it free or what happened, but. He didn't make it free. If he wants to make all healthcare free, just be like more flu shot. Yeah, but. The, yeah, but then you'll you should make I don't more know the de- homeopathic remedies. Yeah. <laughs> what, happens, what actually happens if you if you take cyanide? That's I mean according to Shakespeare Matt. it's not good, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Producer Matt, he's not listening. <laughs> I feel like he's googling it. <laughs> he's over there he's, trying to find a date for tonight after his uh, <laughs> successful mansplaining yeah, to us yeah, earlier. He's got to be show. ready for next week when this episode drops. Press yeah, put, in the lady. He's yeah. gonna put that clip up with the closed captioning and everything. He's really checked out. <laughs> I'm researching cyanide. <laughs> I told you he was. I can feel when somebody's yeah. Googling something. Googling. I used to have a roommate who didn't trust anything I said because I would say something and they'd be like, oh, let me see what Google says. Yeah. Like you can tell how much people think that you're uh, that was dumb the worst. how much they Google When Google saying. came out, that was the worst for liars. Like right? it killed most of my conversations. That's <laughs> right. oh, funny. Yeah, it made it a lot harder to get laid. Yeah, you can't way. just make up a whole story about yourself. But now I'm asking nothing. Still no answer. <laughs> All right, we might have to save <laughs> it for next week. I do, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. Yeah. Dan Frigolette, thank you for doing the show. Thank you for having me. Cap. Oh, I'm tomorrow night. Come see me at the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley, California. Cap, what should we do? Um, you know, I'm going to say a public service mail. Everyone, check your public, check your frequent flyer miles. Don't be like Turner. And now I'm going to get lost. All right, get lost. Yeah, yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, time. Oh, is it done? We're done. Well, no, I what? We're going to wait for the. I thought we were waiting keep for the going, answer. Keep going. Keep going. We're going for the cyanide. Stalling. I was stalling for cyanide answers. <laughs> I'm reading through a Wikipedia page. There's lots of vomiting and like there's different levels of exposure. It's like, yeah, it's different levels of exposure. It, hear that? It, it's not an easy answer. All right, not an easy. Be, that's not it. An easy yeah. answer. <laughs> Great ending to this episode. Check out the Porn Social People podcast. Get lost.